trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues here in Columbus And all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Whitney Shanahan Founder and Symphony Director of PR of Pro-Choice with Heart, a growing organization that focuses on holding protests across the country, fighting for women's rights. They wear red as a symbol of women's oppression, inspired by Margaret Atwood's book and Hulu show, Handmaid's Tale. Three years ago, Whitney found herself pregnant in an Ohio where the state legislature had just passed the heartbeat six-week abortion ban. She was terrified and decided to protest at the Ohio State House. So seven brave women, some pregnant, some not, joined her in protest by painting pro-heart, pro-choice on their stomachs and pregnant bellies in red lipstick. The protest went viral and their grassroots activism group Pro-Choice with Heart was founded. To date, they have held hundreds of grassroots protests across the country and have over 500,000 members. Their goal is to have kind, inclusive, and easily accessible activism that empowers anyone who wants to speak up for pro-choice or to do so. Quote, we will not rest until they have removed all of the laws on our bodies. Unquote. Symphony shared her abortion experience and outrage with anti-choice arguments, and found herself wanting to take an active role in the involvement of the pro-choice movement. Her mission is to make the pro-choice community an inclusive movement that focuses on reproductive freedom and all of its facets for BIPOC, trans, and NB people, and cis men and women. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Thank you so much for having Thank you for having us today. So according to Planned Parenthood Advocates of Ohio, on September 1st, one of the most extreme abortion bans went into effect, Texas SB 8, which will ban abortion at six weeks of pregnancy and encourage private citizens to act as abortion bounty hunters, allowing anyone to sue any Texan who they believe provided an abortion or even helped a patient get an abortion after six weeks. Can you lay out what just happened in Texas with this six-week abortion ban? Let's start with you, Whitney. Yeah. Um, So essentially, the six-week abortion ban, which they're labeling the heartbeat uh, abortion ban, is simply an outright abortion ban. Six weeks is before most people, including myself, even know they are pregnant. Um, So essentially, them putting a six-week ban is a way to totally and completely ban abortion um, without actually saying that. It is terrifying. Um, But these bands, these heartbeats, and I put that in quotes, heartbeat, because let me make it clear, there's absolutely no heartbeat at six weeks. There is a vibration at the fetal pole that is not a heartbeat. Um, And I just have to clarify that because it's an entire campaign of misinformation and propaganda around that. Um, But these heartbeat abortion bans have been sweeping the country for the past three years. We actually founded Uh, our organization because of a six-week heartbeat abortion ban here in Ohio. Um, And so it's it's a really scary situation. And for years of our activism over the past three years, um, we have have heard over and over again that we should, that we were alarmists and that we should not be worrying about these bans and that the Supreme Court would protect us. And we said, no way. 
Uh, we are not going to rely on the Supreme Court to protect us. Uh, states should not be passing these unconstitutional bans that violate human rights. Um, and unfortunately, our fears and our warnings were realized. Um, to no surprise, though, considering the makeup of the Supreme Court um, with, with Amy, um, Amy, as we call her, coat hanger Barrett, who's horrible record um, for women's rights and human rights. And, and then, of course, Brett Kavanaugh who himself is a, a terrifying individual to have leading and a terrifying person to be in charge of women's rights, considering the numerous accusations he has against him for sexual assault. Um, and so unfortunately, where, where Texas is right now is where many, many states I am predicting will find themselves if some immediate and severe action um, to protect our rights is not taken um, by the leaders in charge of this country. Uh, so that's why we feel so strongly about our activism, um, because our very basic human rights are under attack. And, and to the women and the people in Texas who have just lost their rights, um, we, we will do everything that we can to bring attention to this and, and to hopefully change it back as soon as we can. Um, I want to make sure to, to note that to people in Texas, if anyone knows someone in Texas, or if you are happen to be in Texas watching this, you can still have access to abortion. Plan C, um, Plan C Pills um, is a website where you are still able to get abortion access care. Um, it's through mail service. It's, it's a kind of a workaround for this, um, but we have a really instructive informational video right now out um, about the workaround, about how they can still get access. Because the immediate thing for us as activists on the ground and on the front lines for abortion rights um, and abortion access was the second that this happened. I said, I'm not debating anyone on this issue. The second this happened, all I did was put out information on how that the people in Texas could get access to abortion because sadly I had received tons of messages of people saying, what do I do? My appointment was just canceled. And, um, and it's, it's um, very disturbing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the activism, um, the messages and things were, were very disturbing. So um, our top priority was to know that you can still get access in, in this time, um, even if it's past six weeks. There's, it's a workaround and it's right now it's complicated um, and not easily accessible uh, to people in poverty, unfortunately, but there are organizations um, that are uh, donating their funds and donating their time uh, to make sure that they do have access. So it's really probably say the most important part. Thanks, Whitney. Um, Symphony, what's your focus? What do you work on? Where, where's your heart and focus in this in this group? Um, so a lot of my focus has been when um, when I started, you know, sharing my experience, like you mentioned earlier, um, I realized there are a lot of parts um, of reproductive freedom that kind of get overlooked because abortion is such a big part um, of what we, you know, what we're fighting for. It's huge. Um, and so there are things such as sterilization and, you know, access to birth control and comprehensive sex education that gets denied. We have states like Texas passing heartbeat bills, but you turn around and sex education is abstinence and religion. And a woman can't get sterilized. Anyone with a uterus, trans, non-binary, they can't get sterilized without the approval of a husband that they hypothetically may have, you know, down the line. Um, and so that is kind of where I'm, you're going to ban abortion. You're not going to let people get sterilized. You're not going to give them access to birth control because pharmacies can deny, you know, 
prescription refills and things like that based on beliefs. So where, where are you? What is your end game? What do you want? And ultimately it is, it's control. Um, and so specifically in Texas, we do have, you know, the plan C pill, um, but a big part of my focus in terms of Texas would be making sure that as much outrage as we are expressing, we're also supporting these abortion funds like Jane's Due Process and the Bridge Collective and the Texas Equal Access Funds. These are all abortion funds that we need to actively continue to share and contribute to um, so we can make sure that what little abortion care is accessible in Texas, you know, it stays that way. We don't completely lose that door. Symphony, what is your website that would folks can find out about these funds? All right. Specifically, I myself um, am a supporter um, and direct donator of the Bridge Collective. I recommend going to the bridgecollective.org. There you will see um, their range of care, um, whether it be you need a ride or you need help paying for said abortion. They also have um, their links to their PayPal's to take donations. Um, and it is ultimately a really great organization for those in the greater Austin area in Texas that don't know, you know, what to do right now, because this is very frightening times for anyone with a uterus in Texas. And I know, Whitney, that your website contains a lot of that information. What is your website's address? So our website is ProChoiceWithHeart.com, and we are uh, just a grassroots activist organization. So our main focus um, is spreading awareness um, and mobilizing people and, and empowering people uh, to speak up, speak up for their rights. So I met you, Whitney, several years ago um, when you were running for public office, and um, you've had a, an evolution of um, change through your awareness. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are right now. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a long story. This better be a two hour, three hour. Keep it short. <laughs> I keep it short. Um, so I was raised um, very, uh, very strictly Christian conservative. Um, I went to a very fundamental private Christian school. Um, I was raised in a way that I was taught that, that kindness was weakness. Um, and that shaped my life for many, many years, sadly. Um, and so I was very active in the Republican Party. I, I believed a lie for many years that uh, people could people could pull themselves up by the bootstrap, so to speak. Um, this this mantra that was really drilled into my head from an early age, unfortunately, um, that that lacked empathy, that lacked understanding, and that lacked perspective drastically. Um, and so I I ran for office as a Republican and as running for an office as a Republican. Um, the same year as Trump and as a woman, as a young woman, um, it, nothing will make you uh, leave the Republican Party faster. That's what I've got to say about that. Uh, I found absolutely no support for women. I found uh, I, I found mistreatment. I found sexism. It was um, it was un very incredibly un unfortunate and a horrible experience. Uh, but the, the good part of it is is that it did give me. Uh, running for office did, did give me the, the power, um, I think, to, to feel that I could be heard and I could be seen. And when, um, and when I found myself pregnant a few years after running for office in Ohio with the Harvey bill happening, um, I'd already been a progressive. I'd already left the Republican Party years previously. I left, I left before uh, Trump was in office. I hated Trump. <laughs> still do. Um, and so I it was already in that in that kind of uh, framework, but I hadn't been activated to be an activist yet. 
Um, and I had a situation where I thought I was having a miscarriage and I, I went to the hospital, um, and I, I was questioned, uh, in a room and separated from my partner. I was asked what I had done to cause the miscarriage. I had asked, you know, what had I done repeatedly, repeatedly. And I'm, I'm sobbing in the emergency room and this little private room in the emergency room. I'm, I'm crying. I'm saying nothing, nothing. Like maybe I had a cup of coffee. Maybe I had something like, what did I do? I'm racking my brain. I don't know. I'd never been pregnant before. I don't know anything. And so, um, finally they say, well, you can just go because we couldn't help you if you're having a miscarriage or not. Um, and besides the demissiveness and just the treatment, um, I was terrified. So I went home and I, I Googled and I said, you know, miscarriage, like in prison for miscarriage. And at that point, I found stories of women all over the United States and internationally, by specifically looking at the United States, women who'd been arrested, detained, investigated and put to prison for simply having a miscarriage, for simply being pregnant. And at that moment, my life changed. And I, I have never looked back since um, that we went to the Ohio State House with red lipstick on our bellies, uh, saying pro-choice. And we I haven't looked back a day since. Um, I've been doing activism ever since that day. And, um, and I, it's brought a lot to, to my life, meeting incredible people like Symphony and... Um, and I really, really hope, though, that I don't have to do this very much longer. My goal and say people say, how long will you do this? And I say, well, I'll do it as long as it takes. But gosh, if I could take this energy, if I could take this and I didn't have to do this, I would love that. I would love I would love to have uh, every state codify the right to abortion and then I can sleep at night and I can do something else. <laughs> um, so that that's really where we're at. I thank you for letting me share my story. Thank you. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, and today I'm talking with Whitney and Symphony. They both work with a nonprofit, actually nonprofit, grassroots group called Pro Choice with Heart. Symphony, you live in California. So tell us, in California, where are you at? How does that stand with Texas? And then I also want you to weigh in, Whitney, about you know, how this transition, because you've moved to California as well just recently. So are you in touch with what's going in Ohio? So let's talk with you. Um, Symphony, tell us what the situation is in California. Um, I would say I'm very, very grateful. So it's it's a great state to live in right now, considering our times. Um, We have access um, to that, to healthcare which is what what it is. We have access to reproductive health care. The sex education is pushed. It's not just, you know, abstinence, et cetera. Um, And so overall in California, I I do feel very grateful. Um, It is a great privilege um, to be where we are. And so looking at where California is um, and seeing um, where Texas is, is quite heartbreaking to the point that, you know, we have people all over the state of California saying, hey, if you're in Texas, and you want to come visit a friend for a couple of weeks, come visit a friend. We'll meet halfway. We'll bring you here. We can have a sleepover um, because it's just so vastly, sorry about my lighting. It's so vastly different. Um, it's, it's mind blowing that that support is here. Yeah. You're lucky and you're privileged in California. And so you guys can use your privilege to help others that are suffering. How about you, Whitney, about connection? Are you still connected with Ohio? Oh, yes. Um, we are definitely still, Pro Choice with Heart is still connected with Ohio. I'm still connected with Ohio. Um, 
we're we're definitely participating in Ohio um, in the October 2nd march um, to defend abortion rights. Um, we have leaders there, um, some that I've trained since the very beginning that have been with the organization since the very, very beginning. Uh, so we're very active in Ohio. Of course, I want nothing more than to, to see Ohio and, and all of the people that I love that are there, you know, be safe and, and have access to health care. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of concerns, definitely a lot of concerns, just knowing that Ohio has a history of passing the heartbeat abortion ban and that uh, John Kasich, our former governor, refused to sign it. Um, I will not, I would not, I, I would not put that faith um, in our current governor, but I could be proven, I could be proven wrong. Can you tell us about this March? When is it? October 2? Yes, uh, October 2nd. Um, so this is not our March. So a lot of the times um, when protests or marches happen um, nationally, uh, ourselves as really a tiny grassroots organization that we are, uh, we offer our peace um, and, and try to help mobilize wherever we can. Um, and so the, the actual march is, is run by the, the Women's March. Um, however, we're helping with a lot of the state's setups. So we have over 500,000 members nationwide in our organization. So our goal for the march is to make sure that our members um, are able to go and are able to speak up for their rights and that they are able to have a leader in their state that they can see their face ahead of time and that they know that someone is there um, that is supportive of them. Because one of the very sad elements of our activism and protests is that almost always we face massive counter protesters, massive anti-choice protesters. Um, in Ohio, the Proud Boys are a incredibly racist and sexist organization that, that I would say trolls our protests, bringing heavy artillery, art, uh, heavy guns and ammunition and all of these terrifying things. And a lot of our members, um, since our activism is so accessible, a lot of our members have never participated in a protest before. And so one of our main goals is that they have a good experience, that they are prepared to know that this, you might face um, people yelling at you that, that are that are carrying a gun or these different things. And, and we train um, our leaders to say, you know, do not engage um, and really stay the course. And we just help to prepare people because we really want activism to be accessible and people to feel empowered to speak up for their rights. Um, and so that's our role in, um, in the, in the defend abortion rights, uh, women's March. Uh, that's, that's our role. So to try to make sure that our members have a point of contact and are able to, to feel safe and be prepared, um, uh, to, to go to a protest and, and speak up for their rights. Um, Symphony, mm -hmm. what are you, what are you focusing on as far as the women's women's March? on October 2. So in October, where can people get more information? Oh, I know, absolutely. Okay, so for anyone who is interested in this march, I do recommend them going to uh, womensmarch.com or uh, womensmarchglobal.org. That's also a great place if you are international outside of the States. I know we had a couple friends in Canada that were saying that they would march with us. Um, so that would be a great way for you to go ahead and find um, a march near you or to host one if there isn't one, you know, in your city or in your state, depending on where you are. For me, mostly uh, my focus for this women's march is going to be intersectionality. Um, Explain that. 
When I first decided that I wanted to get, you know, really involved in the pro-choice movement, like I mentioned earlier, I saw that there was a lot of um, aspects of reproductive freedom that was left out, but it was also a lot of marginalized communities that were left out of this, um, you know, this problem that this country clearly has. Um, we were looking at it from a, a perspective of, you know, white feminism, and we weren't looking at it from the, the way these laws affect minorities, the fact that the maternal mortality rate is extremely high in this country. Yes, but we're not looking at the fact that Black women are more likely to die in childbirth, you know, than any other, you know, race of women. So my focus for this is going to be, you know, really elevating the voices of, you know, Black, Indigenous, people of color and their communities, our community, and making sure that we're not just focusing on one aspect of this because we did that before um, and it didn't solve the problem. It, it got us to a certain extent, but we're going back to where we were. So we need everybody. We need every aspect. We need every marginalized group to be considered, um, you know, in the support of new policy, not just marching. Um, and so and if anyone is interested, you know, in checking out um, policy, I would recommend the um, I shared it with Whitney. It's a, a great resource. It is the Black Reproductive Justice um, Policy. Um, and the website would be blackrj.org. Um, it's 75 pages long. It is a read, but it is a great resource. And just it'll really put things into perspective, um, you know, for those that have only viewed this from the perspective of the white woman. And I truly do recommend it before, you know, getting any further involved in the pro-choice movement. Excellent. That I second that amazing, incredible resource. Um, and I also want to say, as far as inclusivity, um, we are, and we are myself is our LGBTQ inclusive. Um, and I know that the a march called Women's March can feel really exclusive um, to non-binary um, and our, our trans community. So we are just make sure that um, we, if you are marching with us. Uh, on October 2nd, you are welcome, you are included, and you are seen. And there is a march actually in D.C., but then there are marches in every every state and, and many, many cities, correct? Yeah, there's there's a big one in Columbus, Ohio, and tons of other states and cities, but probably the one uh, your viewers want to check out is the Columbus, Ohio one. And where's a good website again for that info? Um, well, I actually think for the Columbus, Ohio one, I think that we are actually the ones in charge of that. So uh, what is that? You can check out ProChoiceWithHeart.com. Um, and we're right now we're building out a new website with a leader page where people can go and they can see who their leader is um, or their point of contact is in each state. Excellent. So let's move on. Yesterday, September 9, 2021, Attorney General Merrick B. Garland announced that the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit to prevent the state of Texas from enforcing Senate Bill 8, which went into effect on September 1 and effectively bans most abortions in the state. And this is his quote. The act is clearly unconstitutional under longstanding Supreme Court precedent, said Attorney General Garland. The United States has the authority and responsibility to ensure that no state can deprive individuals of their constitutional rights through a legislative scheme specifically designed to prevent the vindication of those rights. Would you like to take a, uh, give us a little bit of insight on that, Symphony? Yes, I would. Um, specifically, just this entire thing. Um, Whitney mentioned earlier how we were told how this, we were told this, don't worry about these 
heartbeat bills. Don't worry about this. You know, the Supreme Court will take care of it. The Supreme Court will never let this happen. Um, and you're right. They didn't support it, but they also didn't condemn it. And that's the problem. They found a loophole in that in their inactivity, they could indirectly support this legislation. Um, and it was, I won't say it was, you know, the solution or the best thing ever to hear that DOJ is, you know, pressing charges or is filing a lawsuit. Um, but it was reassuring to know that at least someone, if the Supreme Court wasn't going to do anything, that someone, you know, saw it and realized that this was unconstitutional. How about you, Whitney? Symphony is a lot more optimistic than I am. Uh, I, I Too little, too late. Um, I, I think the solution here moving forward is uh, to not rely on the federal government for this one. Doesn't seem like they've got our back. Uh, the solution, in my opinion, is for individual states to change their state constitutions to codify that abortion is a fundamental human right and protected. A few states, a handful of states have already done this. Um, and this is what needs to happen in every single state. Uh, I don't think we should mess around with this anymore. Lawsuits, legal action, all of this. No, we need protection in our state constitution. Um, if they're not going to do it at the federal level, we can do it at the state level. Uh, this is something that people, activists or people who care about this, they can do this. Uh, we can mobilize as individuals to push our state representatives and our state legislatures to push this legislation. It already exists. They just need to put it into law and put it into our state constitutions. Uh, so I, you know, they, they filed a lawsuit. Okay. Uh, but I, I need more. <laughs> I need more. I need protection. I need my basic human rights lawsuits and all this legality to me, quite frankly, is BS. I, I feel like women are humans, people with the uterus are humans, and we deserve the right to control our own body. Furthermore, how in the world is it legal to put laws on half of the population that don't exist on the other half of the population? I don't know a single law on male men's reproductive rights. There are over 400 laws in the United States that solely exist on women. So to me, this is, there is a huge problem. And it, the problem is, is that in this country, we have accepted that women should have a different set of laws or people with a uterus should have a different set of laws than everyone else, which is terrifying. Uh, so it's a, it's a big problem. And I don't think uh, one lawsuit's going to fix it. But I, I do think for our immediate protection, it's the, an action that people can take is it's pushing and contacting your state representatives and state senators uh, to, to put abortion protection in the state constitution. And, and this involves, you know, really grassroots activism uh, and voting in midterms and showing up and demanding that anyone in any state house is going to do that. Um, and I do believe that that can happen um, with the right mobilization um, and just with the right pressure. Well, in Ohio, our legislature is really uber far right, and it's it's a super majority um, gerrymandered. So that will that's we have to get our maps um, straightened out so it's fair, and we need more women who are committed to women's reproductive rights to run. So um, we have uh, thirty seconds. Can you give one word of advice to our listeners? I'll start with you, Symphony. Uh, yes, I can. Marching will get us. Marching is what we need, yes. But more important than your marching, you need to be supporting policy. Like Whitney said, we need to push for policy. Marching will get us so far. Okay, how about you, Whitney? 
I, I guess my one thing is just um, that we all we all deserve the right to control our own body. And that's all we're fighting for. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grasset, Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org in Columbus and at 4 p.m. in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia on WEJPLP. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.